Welcome to a brand new episode of Shakespeare Saga by Julia George. Today marks the 96th episode of Shakespeare Saga and happy 4th of July. Major promotions of Awaro Bank, the best online banking service, Google Pay for all your international money transfers, and the Zenities app, the best meditation app to try. Try it today on Amazon App Stores and on Google Play App Stores. So we are continuing with All's Well That Ends Well, Act 4. Here it is. Act 4, Scene 1. Enter one of the French lords with five or six other soldiers in ambush. Lord, he can come no other way but by this hedge, corner. When you, Sally, open up him, speak what terrible language you will. Though you understand it, not yourselves, no matter, for we must not seem to understand him, unless someone among us whom we must produce for an interpreter, for a soldier, good captain, let him be the interpreter. Lord, art not acquainted with him, knows he not thy voice? For a soldier, no sir, I warrant you. Lord, but what Lindsay Woosley has thou to speak to us again, for a soldier? E'en such as you speak to me, Lord, he must think us some band of strangers, I the adversary's entertainment. Now he hath a smack of all neighboring languages. Therefore, we must every one by a man of his own fancy, not to know what we speak one to another. So we seem to know is to know straight our purpose, coughs, language, gabble, enough and good enough. As for you, interpreter, you must seem very politic. But couch, ho, here he comes to begill two hours in. Asleep and then to return and swear the lies he forges. They move aside. Enter Parolis. Parolis, ten o'clock. Within these three hours, twill be time enough to go home. What shall say I have done? It must be a very plausive invention that carries it. They begin to smoke me, and disgraces have of late knocked too often at my door. I find my tongue is too foolhardy, but my heart hath the fear of Mars before it and of his creatures, not daring the reports of my tongue. Lord, aside, this is the first truth that ere thine own tongue was guilty of, Perilous. What the devil should move me to undertake the recovery of this drum, being not ignorant of the impossibility and knowing I had no such purpose? I must give myself some hurts and say I got them in exploit. Yet, slight ones will not carry it. They will say, come you off with so little, and great ones I dare not give. Wherefore, what's the instance 
tongue, I must put you in a butter woman's mouth and buy myself another of Bajazit's mule if you prattle me into these perils. Lord, aside, is it possible he should know what he is and be that he is perilous? I would the cutting of my garments would serve the turn, or the breaking of my Spanish sword. Lord, aside, we cannot afford you so, perilous. Oh, the bearing of my beard, and to say it was in stratagem. Lord, aside, would not do, perilous. Oh, to drown my clothes and say I was stripped. Lord, aside, hardly serve. Perilous, though I swore I leaped from the window of the citadel. Lord aside, how deep, Perilous, thirty fathom, Lord, three great oaths would scarce make that be believed, Perilous. I would have any drum of the enemies, I would swear I recovered it, Lord. You shall hear one anon, Perilous, a drum now of the enemies, alarum within, Lord. Troca movosis cargo, 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 all cargo, 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 villainenda, par cargo, cargo. Perilous, O oh, ransom, ransom, do not hide mine eyes. First soldier, Boscos, Trumuldo Boscos, Perolus. I know you are the Muscos regiment, and I shall lose my life for want of language. If there be here German of Dane, low Dutch, Italian or French, let him speak to me. I'll discover that which shall undo the Florentine. First soldier, Boscos Vado. I understand thee and can speak thy tongue. Caroli Bonto, sir, betake thee to thy faith, for seventeen poniards are at thy bosom. Perilous, oh, for soldier, oh, pray, pray, pray. Manga reunia dulce. Lord Oscorbit dulcos woli ur co. For soldier. The general is content to spare thee yet, and hoodwinked as thou art, will lead thee on to gather from thee. Haply thou mayest inform something to save thy life. Perilous, oh let me live, and all the secrets of your camp I'll show. Their foes, their purposes, nay, I'll speak, that which you will wonder at, for soldier. But wilt thou faithfully? Perilous, yes, if I do not, damn me, for soldier. Accordo, Linta, come on, thou art granted space. He exits, with Perilous under guard. A short alarm within, Lord. Go tell the Count, Rosillon, and my brother, we have caught the woodcock and will keep him muffled till we do hear from them second soldier captain i will lord he will betray us all unto ourselves inform on that second soldier so i will sir lord 
Till then, I'll keep him dark and safely locked. They exit. Scene 2. Enter Bertram and the maid called Diana. Bertram, they told me that your name was Fontybelle. Diana, no, my good lord, Diana. Bertram, titled goddess and worth it with addition. But fair soul, in your fine frame hath love no quality? If the quick fire of youth light not your mind. You are no maiden, but a monument. When you are dead, you should be such a one as you are now. For you are cold and stern, and now you should be as your mother was when your sweet self was got. Diana. She then was honest, Bertram. So should you be, Diana. No, my mother did but duty. Such, my lord, as you owe to your wife, Bertram, no more, owe that. I pray thee, do not strive against my vows. I was compelled to her, but I love thee, by love own sweet constraint, and I will forever do thee all rights of service, Diana. Aye, so you serve us till we serve you, but when you have our roses, you barely leave our thorns to prick ourselves and mock us with our barness. Bertram, how have I sworn, Diana? Tis not the many oaths that makes the truth, but the plain single vow that is vow true. What is not holy that we swear not by, but take the highest to witness? Then pray you tell me, if I should swear by Jove's great attributes, I loved you dearly. Would you believe my oaths? Well, I did love you ill. This has no holding to swear by him whom I protest love, that I will work against him. Therefore, your oaths are words and poor conditions, but unsealed and at least in my opinion. Bertram, change it, change it. Be not so wholly cruel. Love is holy. And my integrity ne'er knew the crafts that you do charge men withstand no more of, but give thyself unto my sick desires. Who then recovers? Say thou art mine, and ever my love as it begins shall so persevere. Diana, I see that men may rope in such a snare that we'll forsake ourselves. Give me that ring, Bertram. I lend it thee, my dear, but have no power to give it from me, Diana. Will you not, my lord, Bertram? It is an honor longing to our house. Be quit it down from many ancestors, which wore the greatest obliquue, and in the world in me to lose, Diana. Mine honors such a ring, my chastity's the jewel of your house. Be quit it down from many ancestors, which were the greatest obliquy, I the world in me to lose. Thus, your own proper wisdom brings in the champion honor on my part against your vain assault. Bertram, here take my ring, my house, mine honor, ye my life be thine, 
and I'll be bit by thee. Diana, when midnight comes, knock at my chamber window. I'll order take my mother shall not hear. Now will I charge you in the band of truth? When you have conquered my yet maiden bed, remain there but an hour, nor speak to me. My reasons are most strong, and you shall know them. When back again, this ring shall be delivered. And go on your finger. In the night, I'll put another ring, that what its time proceeds may token to the future of our past deeds. Adieu till then. Then fail not. You have won a wife of me. Though there my hope be done, Bertram, a heaven on earth, I have won by wooing thee, Diana, for which live long to thank both heaven and me. You may so in the end. My mother told me just how he would woo, as if she sat in heart. She say all men have the like oaths. He had sworn to marry me when his wife's dead. Therefore, I lie with him when I'm buried. Since Frenchmen are so braid, marry that will. I live and die a maid. Only in the disguise, I think it no sin to cousin him that would unjustly win. She exits. Scene three. Enter the two French lords and some two of three soldiers. First Lord, you have not given him his mother's letter. Second Lord, I have delivered it an hour since. There is something in it that stings his nature, for on the reading it he changed almost into another man. First Lord, he has much worthy blame laid upon him for shaking off go good a wife and so sweet a lady second lord especially he hath incurred the everlasting displeasure of the king who had even tuned his bounty to sing happiness to him i will tell you a thing but you shall let it dwell darkly with you first lord when you have spoken it tis dead and i am the grave of it second lord he hath perverted a young gentlewoman, here in Florence of most chaste renown, and this night he fleshes he will in the spoil of her honor. He hath given her his monumental ring, and thinks himself made in the unchaste composition. First Lord, now gods, delay our rebellion, as we are ourselves, what things are we, second lord, merely our own traitors, and as in the common course of all treasons, we still see them, reveal themselves till they attain to their abhorred ends. So he that in the action contrives against his own nobility, in his own proper stream or arrow flows himself, first lord, is it not meant damnable? in us to be trumpsters of our unlawful intents we shall not then have his company tonight second lord now till after midnight for he is dieted to his hour 
First Lord, that approaches a pace. I would gladly have him see his company anatomized, that he might take a measure of his own judgments, bearing so curiously, so he had set this counterfeit. Second Lord, we will not meddle with him till he comes, for his presence must be the whip of the other. First Lord, in the meantime, what hear you of these wars? Second Lord, I hear there is an overture of peace. First Lord, nay, I assure you, a peace concluded. Second Lord, what will Count Rosilian do then? Will he travel higher to, or return again to, into France? First Lord, I perceive by the demand you are not altogether of his counsel. First Lord, let it be forbid, sir. So should I be a great deal of his act. First Lord, Sir, his wife, some two months since fled from his house. Her pretense is a pilgrimage to St. Jacques Le Grand, which holy undertaking with most austere sanctimony she accomplished, and there reciting the tenderness of her nature became as a prey to her grief, and fine made a groan of her last breath. And now she sings in heaven. Second Lord, how is this justified? First Lord, the stronger part of it by her own letters, which makes her story true, even to the point of her death, her death itself, which could not be her office to say if is come, was faithfully confirmed by the rector of the place. Second Lord, had the count all the intelligence? First Lord, I. And the particular confirmations point from point to the full arming of the verity. Second Lord, I am hardly sorry that he'll be glad of this. First Lord, how mildly sometimes we make us comfort of our losses. Second Lord, and how mildly some other times we drown our gain in tears. The great dignity that his valor hath here acquired for him shall at home be encountered with shame as ample. First Lord, the web of our life is of mingled yarn, good and ill together. Our virtues would be proud if our faults whipped them not and our crimes would repair if they were not cherished by our virtues. Enter a servant. How now? Where is your master, servant? He met the duke in the street, sir, of whom he hath taken a solemn leave. His lordship will next morning for France. The duke hath offered him letters of commendations to the king, second lord. They shall be no more than needful, there if they were more than they can commend. They have cannot be too sweet for the king's tartness. Enter Bertram, Count Rosillon. Here's his lordship now. How now, my lord? Is it now not after midnight, Bertram? I have tonight dispatched sixteen businesses, a month's length apiece. By an abstract of success, I have congeed with the Duke, 
done my adieu with his nearest buried a wife mourned for her writ to my lady mother i am returning entertained my convoy and between these main parcels of dispatch affected many nicer needs the last was the greatest but that i have not ended yet second lord if the business be of any difficulty and this morning your departure hence it requires haste of your lordship bertram i mean the business is not ended as fearing to hear of it hereafter but shall we have this dialogue between the fool and the soldier come bring forth this counterfeit module has deceived me like a double meaning falsifier second lord bring him forth has sat i had stocks all night poor gallant knave soldier exits bertram no matter his heels have deserved it in unsurping his spurs so long how does he carry himself second lord i have told your lordship already the stocks carry him but to answer you as you would be understood he weeps like a wench that had shed her milk he had confessed himself to morgan whom he supposes to be a friar from the time of his remembrance to this very instant disaster of his setting eyeth stocks and what think you he hath confessed bertram nothing of me has he second lord his confession is taken and it shall be read to his face if your lordship be in it as i believe you are you must have the patience to hear it and to parolles blindfolded with his interpreter and first soldier bertram a plague upon him muffled he can say nothing of me first lord aside to bertram hush hush hoodman comes portorotar rosa first soldier to parolles he calls for the torturers what will you say without him parolles I will confess what I know without constraints. If you pinch me like a pasty, I can say no more. First soldier, Bosco Chimrocho. First lord, Bob Libindo Chikurmorco. First soldier, your merciful general, our general, bids you answer of what I shall ask you out of a note. Parolles. and truly as i hope to live for soldier as if reading a note first demand of him how many horse the duke is strong what say you to that parolles 5 or 6000 but very weak and unserviceable the troops are all scattered and the commanders very poor rogues upon my reputation and credit and as i hope to live for soldier shall i set down your answer so perolus do i'll take the sacrament on how and which was you will bertram aside all ones of him what past saving slave is this first lord aside to bertram you're deceived my lord this is monsieur perolus the gallant militarist 
that was his own phrase that had the whole theoric of war in the knot of his scarf and the practice in the shape of his dagger second lord aside i'll never trust a man again for keeping his word clean nor believe he can have everything in him by wearing his apparel neatly first soldier to perilous well that's set down perilous Five to six thousand horse, I said. I will say true, or thereabouts. Sit down, for I'll speak truth, first lord. Here's very near the truth is this, Bertram. But I con him no thanks for it in the nature he delivers it. Perilous, poor rogues, I pray you say. First soldier, will that sit down, Perilous? I humbly thank you, sir. A truth, a truth, the rogues are marvelous poor. First soldier, demand of him of what strength they are afoot. What say you to that, Perilous? By my troth, sir, if I were to live but this present hour, I will tell true, let me see, Spurio, a hundred and fifty, Sebastian, so many, Corumbus, so many. Jacquis, so many. Gulchin, Cosmo, Lodewick, and Grite. Two hundred fifty each. Mine own company. Ketafor, Wamont, Dante, two hundred fifty each. So that the muster file, rotten and sound upon my life, amounts not to fifteen thousand pole, half of which dare not shake the snow from off these cassocks, lest they shake themselves to pieces. Bertram, what shall be done to him, first lord? Nothing, but let him have thanks. Demand of him my condition, and what credit I have with the duke. First soldier to Perolus. Well, that's set down. Pretending to read. You shall demand of him whether one Captain Dumain be added the camp, a Frenchman, who his reputation is with the Duke, what his valor, honesty, and expertness in wars, or whether he thinks it were not possible with well weighing sums of gold to corrupt him to a revolt. What say you to this? What do you know of it, Perolus? I beseech you, let me answer to a particular of the interrogators. Demand them singly. First soldier. Do you know this Captain Dumain? Perolus, I know him. He was Botcher's apprentice in Paris, from whence he was whipped from getting the shrive fool with child, a dominant that could not say him nay. Bertram, aside to first lord, nay. By your leave, hold your hands, though. I know his brains are forfeit to the next tile that falls. First soldier, well, 
Is this captain in the Duke of Florence camp? Perilous. Upon my knowledge, he is. A lousy... First Lord, aside to Bertram. Nay, look not so upon me. We shall hear of your... Annan. First Soldier, what is his reputation with the Duke? Perilous. The Duke knows him for no other, but a poor officer of mine, and writ to me this other day to turn him out of the band. I think I have this letter in my pocket. First Soldier, Mary, we'll search. They search Perilous's pocket. Perilous, in good sadness, I do not know. Either it is there or it is upon a file with Duke's other letters in my tent. First soldier, here it is. Here's a paper. Shall I read it to you? Perilous, I do not know if it be it or no. Bertram, our interpreters does it well. First lord, excellently. First soldier, Diane. The Count's a fool and full of gold. Perolus, this is not the Duke's letter, sir. This is an advertisement to a proper maid in Florence, and Diana, to take heed of the allurement of the Count, Rossilian, a foolish idle boy. But for all that very rudish, I pray you, sir, put it up again, first soldier. Nay, I'll read it first. By your favor, Perilous, my meaning in it, I protest, was very honest in the behalf of the maid, if for I knew the young count to be dangerous and live less vicious boy, who is a whale of virginity and devours up all the fry it finds. Bertray, aside, damnable both sides rogue, first soldier reads. When he swears oaths, bid him drop gold and take it. After he scores, he never pays the score. Half one is match well made. Match and well make it. He ne'er pays after debts. Take it before and say a soldier. Diane told thee this. Men are to mell with. Boys are not to kiss. For count of this, the count's a fool. I know it. Who pays before, but not when he does owe it. Thine, as he vowed to thee in thine year, Perilous. Bertram, aside. He shall be whipped through the army with the rhyme in a forehead. Second Lord, aside, this is your devoted friend, sir, the manifold linguist and the army potent soldier, Bertram, aside, I could endure anything before but a cat, and now he's a cat to me. First soldier to Perilous, I perceive, sir, by general's looks, we shall be fain to hang you. Perilous. My life, sir, in any case, not that I'm afraid to die, but that my offenses being many, I would repent out the remainder of nature. Let me live, sir, in a dungeon, I the stocks 
off anywhere so I may live. First soldier, we'll see what may be done. So you confess freely, therefore, once more to this Captain Domain. You have answered to his reputation with the Duke and to his valor. What is his honesty, Perlis? He will steal, sir, an egg out of a cloister. For rapes and ravishments, he prowls Nicias. He professes not keeping of oaths. In breaking him, he is stronger than Hercules. He will lie, sir, that such volubility that you would think truth were a fool. Drunkenness is best virtue, for he will be swine drunk, and his sleep he does little harm. Save to his bedclothes about him, but they know his conditions and lay him in straw. I have but little more to say, sir, of his honesty. He has everything that an honest man should not have. What an honest man should have, he has nothing, first lord. I begin to love him for this, Bertram, for this description of thine honesty, a pox upon him, for me. He's more and more a cat, first soldiers. What say you to his expertness in war? Perilous faith, sir, has led the drum before the English tragedians. To Billy, him I will not, and more of his soldiership I know not. Except in that country he had the honor to be the officer at a place. There called Mile End to instruct for the doubling of flies. I would do the man what honor I can, but of this I am not certain, First Lord. He hath outwillioned villainly so far that the rarity redeems him. Bertram, aside, a pox on him, he's a cat still. First soldier, his qualities being at the poorer price, I need not to ask if gold will corrupt him to revolt, Perolas. Sir, for Cardisu, he will sell the fee simple of his salvation, the inheritance of it, and cutteth the entail from all remainders, a perpetual succession for it perpetually. First soldier. What's his brother and other captain domain? Second lord. Aside, why does he ask him of me? First soldier. What's he? Perilous. In a crowed o the same nest, not altogether so great as the first in goddess, but greater a great deal in evil. He excels his brother for a coward, yet his brother is reputed one of the best that is. In a retreat he overturns an knee-lackey. Mary, in coming on he has the cramp for a soldier. If your life be saved, will you undertake to be betray the Florentine? Perlis, I. And the captain of his horse, Count Rosilian, first soldier. I whisper with the general and know his pleasure. Perilous, aside. I'll be no more drumming, plague of all drums, only to seem to deserve well and to beguile 
the supposition of the lascivious young boy, the count. Have I run into the danger yet? Who would you have suspected? An ambush where I was taken for a soldier. There is no remedy, sir, but you must die. The general says, you that have so treacherously discovered the secrets of your army and made such pestiferous reports of men very noble health can serve the world for no honest use. Therefore, you must die. Come, headsman, off with his head. Parolis, O Lord, sir, let me live, or let me see my death. For soldier, that shall you. You take your leave of all your friends. He removes the blindfold. So look about you. No, you any here, Bertram. Good morrow, noble captain. Second lord, God bless Captain Parolis. First lord, God save you, noble captain. Second lord, captain. What greeting will you to my Lord Larfeu? I am for France, First Lord. Good Captain, will you give me a copy of the sonnet you writ to Diana in behalf of the Count Brasilian? As I were not a very coward, I'd compel it of you. But fare you well. Bertram and Lord exits, First Soldier. You are undone, Captain, all but your scarf that has the knot on it yet, Parolis. Who cannot be crushed with a plot? First soldier, if you could find out a country where but women were that had received so much shame, you might begin an impudent nation. Fair, you will, sir. I am for France, too. He shall speak of you there, he exits, perilous. Yet, am I thankful? If my heart were great toward burst at this, Captain, I'll be no more. But I'll eat and drink and sleep as soft as Captain shall. Simply the thing I am shall make me live. Who knows himself a braggart? Let him fear this, for it will come to pass that every bagrat shall be found an ass. Rust, sword, cool, blushes, and perilous life. Safest in shame. Being fooled by fool tray drive. There is a place and means for every man alive. I'll after them. He exits. Scene four. Enter Helen, Widow, and Diana. Helen that you may well perceive I have not wronged you. One of the greatest is the Christian world, shall be my surety, for whose throne tis needful, ere I can perfect mine intent to kneel. Time was, I did him desired office, dear almost as rich his life, which gratitude through flinty Tartar's bosoms would peep forth, and answers thanks. I daily am informed his grace is at Marcellus, to which place we have convenient convoy. You must know I'm supposed dead. The army breaking my husband, he's home where heaven aiding and by the leave of my good lord, the king, will be before your welcome, widow, gentle 
Madam, you never had a servant to whose trust your business was more welcome, Helen, nor you, mistress, ever a friend whose thoughts more truly labor to recompense your love, doubt not but heaven, hath brought me up to be your daughter's door, as it hath fated her to be my motive and helper to a husband but oh strange men that can such sweet use make of what they hate when saucy trusting of the conscient thoughts defiles the pitchy night so lust doeth play with what it loweth this for that which is away but more of their hereafter you diana under my poor instructions yet must suffer something in my behalf diana let death and honesty go with your impositions i am yours upon your will to suffer helen yet i pray you but with the word the time will bring on summer when briars shall have leaves as well as thorns and as sweet as sharp we must away our wagon is prepared and time revives us all swell that ends well still defines the crown what's ere the course the end is the renown the exit scene five enter fool countess and lafew lafew no 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 your son has misled with a snipped taffeta fellow there, whose villainous saffron would have made all the unbaked and doly youth of a nation in his color. Your daughter-in-law has been alive at his hour, and your son here at home, more advanced by the king than by that red-tailed humble bee I speak of. Countess, I would had not known him. It was the death of the most virtuous gentlewoman that ever nature had praised for creating. If she had partaken of my flesh and cost me the dearest groans of a mother, I could not have owned for a more rooted love. Lafeu, twas a good lady, twas a good lady. We may pick a thousand salads ere we light to on such another herb. Fool, indeed, sir. She was the sweet marjoram of the salad. Or rather the herb of grace. The few. They are the not herbs, you knave. They are nose herbs. Fool, I am no great Nebuchadnezzar, sir. I am not full much skilled in grass. Love you. Feather, dost thou profess thyself? A knave or a fool? Fool. A fool, sir, at a woman's service, and knave at a man's. Lafeu, your distinction. Fool. I would cousin the man of his wife and do his service. Lafeu. So you were a knave at his service indeed? Fool. And I would give his wife my bauble. Sir, to do her service, Lafeu, I will subscribe for thee. Thou art 
do it, knave and fool. Fool at your service. Love you. No, no, no. Fool. Why, sir? If I cannot serve you, I can serve as great a prince as you are. Love you. Who's that? A Frenchman? Fool. Fate, sir. He has an English name, but his physnomy is more hotter in France than there. La Fieu. What prince is that? Fool. The Black Prince, sir. Elias, the Prince of Darkness. Elias, the Devil. La Fieu. Giving him money? Hold thee. There my purse. I give thee not this to suggest thee from thy master. Thou talkest of serve him still. Fool. I am a woodland fellow, sir, but allows always loved a great fire, and the master I speak of every keeps a good fire. But sure, he is the prince of the world. Let his nobility remain in the court. I am for the house with the narrow gate, which I take to be too little for pomp to enter. Some that humble themselves may, but the many will be too chill and tender, and they will be for flurry way that leads to the broad gate and the great fire. Love you. Go thy ways. I begin to be awry of thee, and I tell thee so before, because I would not fall out with thee. Go thy ways. Let my horses be well, looked to without any tricks. Fool, if I put any tricks upon him, sir, they shall be Jade's tricks, which are their own right by the law of nature. He exits. Lafieu, a shrewd knave and an unhappy countess. So he is, my lord. That's gone made himself. Much sport out of him. But his authority, he remains here, which he thinks is a patent for his sauciness. And indeed, he has no pace, but runs where he will. Love you. I like him well. Tis not amiss, but I was about to tell you, since I heard of the good lady's death, and that my lord your son was upon his return home. I moved the king, my master, to speak in the behalf of my daughter, which in the minority of them both his majesty, out of the self-gracious remembrance, did first propose. His Highness hath promised me to do it, and to stop up the displeasure he hath conceived against your son there is no fitter matter. How does your ladyship like it, Countess, with very rich content? My lord, I wish it happily effected. A few. His Highness comes post from Marsilis of as able body as when he numbered thirty he will be here tomorrow or i am deceived by him that in such intelligence had seldom failed countess it rejoices me that i hope i shall see him ere i die i have letters that my son will be here tonight i shall beseech your lordship to remain with me till they meet together love you madam I was thinking with what manners I might safely be admitted. Countess, you need but 
plead your honorable privilege. Love you. Lady of that, I have made a bold charter, but I thank my gods it holds yet. And your fool, fool, oh madam, yonder's my lord, your son, with a patch of velvet on his face, whether there's by a scar under it or no, the velvet knows, but tis a goodly patch of velvet. His left cheek is a cheek of two pile and a half, but his right cheek is a worn bear. Lafieu, a scar nobly got, or a noble scar, is a good livery of honor. So belike is that. Fool, but it is your carbondonate face. Lafieu, let us go see your son. I pray you, I long to talk with the young noble soldier. Full faith, there is a dozen of them with delicate fine hats and most courteous feathers, which bow the head and nod at every man. This was the end of Act 4. Next is Act 5. We'll continue that in the next episode appreciate the listens that's it for this episode